You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes, and we are recapping a painful 41-34 loss by the Texas Longhorns at Oklahoma State. Uh, the road woes in true road games under Steve Sarkeesian continue. Uh, the Longhorns lose their fifth straight true road game after holding uh, another 31-17 lead late in the third quarter. This was almost identical, Taylor, to the Big 12 opener at Texas Tech. Texas led that one 31-17 with 427 left in the third quarter. Couldn't uh, keep its offense on the field, couldn't run the football. Uh, ended up losing that game 37-34 in overtime. Uh, Texas had a 31-17 lead with three minutes uh, in change at Oklahoma State after pretty much dominating the first half thanks to great special teams play and uh, and then a resurgent defensive effort in the third quarter and some, some big play touchdowns. Um, Texas didn't hold the ball long, but they scored. A 42-yard touchdown run by Bijan Robinson, a 52-yard touchdown run by Roshan Johnson, kind of inflated the running numbers because they didn't run the ball well in the second half. And Quinn Ewers uh, was under siege. He couldn't uh, find, he couldn't connect with Xavier Worthy. He he found him four times, um, but he targeted him 17 times, missed him 13 times, and. Uh, Jatavian Sanders ends up as the leading receiver for Texas. And sadly, he's been money when you throw the football to him. And as Texas was desperately trying to tie the game in the final seconds, the ball goes through his hands and into the hands of an Oklahoma State defender for Quinn Ewer's third interception. Uh, Taylor, this was uh, a disappearing act by the Texas offense and Steve Sarkeesian's got to figure this out because um, we're we're seeing uh, a repeat of of you know these uh, disappearing acts by the Texas offense in the in the second half of Big Twelve road games. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Chip. And the thing, the only consistent aspect of this is Steve Sarkeesian and the play calling on offense. I mean, that, that is what it comes down to. I think Steve Sarkeesian is a fantastic play caller on offense, but time and again, he has shown that he gets 
I don't know if it's conservative. I don't know if he gets nervous. I don't know what it is that happens in his mental makeup to where when Texas, especially in road games, have had the lead in these games, it's like like it's embarrassing almost that his his mantra is all gas, no brakes, because it's almost all brakes, no gas at some point. And the fact alone that, you know, Bijan Robinson has that 41 yard touchdown. And then for I believe it was like six drives afterwards, the only time that Bijan Robinson actually was handed the ball off was on first downs only. It's like that. I mean, I, I'm not a coach and I can sit there and watch exactly how this game was going to be called. And that's on Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive play caller. Again, he is an elite offensive play caller. At the end of the day, though, Chip, if if you are going to be a head coach plus the cord- offense coordinator play caller, call it what you is, he is the offensive coordinator, essentially, you have to have people on your staff that you trust enough that you're going to actually listen to what they're seeing as the play goes on and not just looking at the next two plays, you know, on your script or whatever it may be. And I think that's one of the biggest things that Steve Sarkeesian has really struggled in, especially in road games um, with Texas when they've had a lead. I mean, Texas had at one point a double digit lead only to fall and lose in this game. And there's no denying that Quinn Ewers was um, bad right like this is the worst performance i think it's fair to say and i i don't i don't like saying that players are bad ever like especially like you know i feel like quarterbacks get the old mac brown mantra they get more credit when they don't deserve it and they get more blame when they don't deserve it but this was a a very forgettable performance i think for quinn ewers um on offense but he wasn't getting a lot of help from his playmakers on offense and it almost seemed like Steve Sarkeesian was so quick to abandon the run game which was actually like working you know in the first half I mean this is against a good run defense that Texas faced and it just ended up to being like a three and out a thon essentially for Texas and that is the worst case scenario for any defense in any level of the sport, in any level of the fo- of football. If your offense continues to go three and out, you're putting your defense in a really, really poor position. And I feel like the Texas defense held up as much as they possibly could. But then the injury with um, to uh, Anthony Cook, you know, having Michael Taft in the game, obviously there was a touchdown that was like thrown on him. I mean, it was just like, the the worst case scenario for Texas in this game. But I think at the end of the day, it starts with Steve Sarkeesian and the way that he manages these games. Yeah, I mean, the Texas defense for is, is uh, up and down and a lot of down in the first half, giving up big plays. They totally responded in the third quarter, held Oklahoma State to five straight punts and then gave up a field goal. Uh, the Texas offense, meanwhile, was doing – uh, very little. In fact, the only points they got in the second half of this game were set up by the special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Trejo had a 52-yard punt go out inside the one. The Texas defense uh, kept Oklahoma State deep in their own end. And then when Oklahoma State punted it to Xavier Worthy, he had a 29-yard punt return to the Oklahoma State 20. Uh, they were immediately in field goal range and the offense couldn't 
move the ball. They ended up with a 33-yard field goal. That was it. That was their only points in the second half. Um, really frustrating. You could see how determined Bijan Robinson was. They did have um, one of their, their well, their second-to-last drive. Uh, Bijan Robinson. There was a pass to Jaleel Billingsley, his first catch of the season. Uh, then Bijan Robinson ran for 13 tough yards, and it looked like they were going to be able to, um, you know, hammer on the ground and and maybe establish that running game just in time, but uh, it didn't happen. They they got away from the run, as you said. They ran it on first down, then they went to throwing it through two incomplete passes. Uh, the penalties were a nightmare. Um, 14, 14 penalties for to nothing over, for over 100 <laughs> yards um 119 state, yards yeah oklahoma state had zero penalties i, I just um uh unbelievable but texas was i mean they were they had the ball deep in oklahoma state territory after a brennan thompson uh 32 yard catch and run his first catch of the season they get down inside the red zone and go backward on the next three plays because of false starts on uh, Jatavian Sanders, Andre Carrick. It just, it was shoot ready aim on offense uh, tonight. And, you know, as Spencer Sanders was making plays with his legs late in that game and, and throughout the game when, when needed, he, you know, he, he does what Spencer Sanders does. He, he makes plays. He's a warrior. He finds ways to win. You almost started thinking, should Texas put Hudson card in? Because Quinn Ewers was two of 10 passing in the second half. He was two of seven in the third quarter. Um, it, it just did not, he did not seem comfortable at all. He, there were times where he left the pocket when there when the rush wasn't there and and so it just was you know people were making a, a big deal about Quinn Ewers wearing a glove in warm-ups um and you know I asked some sources you know did something happen to Quinn Ewers you know one source said they thought he had a finger slammed in a door but if I mean, that's on Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, if he if he knows of something and he said there was nothing wrong with Quinn, of course, he said there was nothing wrong with Casey Thompson at Iowa State last year when in cold weather, Casey's thumb wouldn't get, you know, it, it would stiffen up. So I don't know, Taylor. It's I um, guess Casey's thumb injury has gone over to his time at Nebraska, too. I divert. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's always that's an hard. excuse. You know, as as everything's going, you know, just sputter splat with the Texas offense. I mean, was I the only one thinking, do you put Hudson Card in for a series just to see? He no. can run around. And at some yeah. point, does Steve Sarkeesian get off of his high horse about not running his quarterback? Quinn Ewers runs for 33 yards into Oklahoma State territory. And of course, there's a holding penalty that brings it back in the, in the second half, you know, it's tough because special teams played so well in this game and Texas didn't even capitalize on all of the special teams for the second straight game. They block a punt. Uh, Mo Blackwell blocks a punt and that, and that does lead to points, but 
you know, Keelan Robinson recovers a muffed punt in Oklahoma State territory. Sarkeesian goes for it on fourth down, doesn't doesn't make it, turns down the field goal. Uh, they get nothing out of that muffed punt by uh, by Oklahoma State, and and then you had Daniel Treo twice in the third quarter pinning Oklahoma State inside the ten. The defense doing what it's supposed to do, and the offense doing nothing. So it's it's one of those games where you're just you know, you can't have 14 penalties for hundred plus yards. That's on the, that's on the coach and these players not being prepared. Um, and you know, when you look at, um, the fact that you were able to throw the football to Bijan Robinson, um, uh, and you got a big play out of it and then you go away from, you know, where's the counter off of the plays that are successful. I mean, like you said, Steve Sarkeesian knows you, you run plays to set up other plays. Yeah. And you run, yeah. Especially with the a, running you, back room that Texas has. Right. It's not you just Bijan Robinson. They they have the best running back room in college football. I don't think anyone would argue that. Yeah. They'll exactly. do anything to help their team mm-hmm. win. Um, it just, you know, there was a great play design for Xavier Worthy on that. You know, where he goes into orbit motion and then he cuts back and he's wide open. And he runs in for an easy touchdown. Why are these plays all in the first half? And then when things get tight, the play calling creativity disappears. Yeah. And I think that's the frustrating point because we saw this last year. We saw it at Texas Tech. Yeah. I, th- I, mean, I honestly, I do think that the at the end of the day, it it's difficult to be the head coach and also the offense coordinator or play caller, whatever we want to call Steve Sarkeesian. That, I think that is, that's the reality of the situation. Steve Sarkeesian got the job at Texas because he is an elite offensive play caller. However, he needs to have people on his staff or at least at the bare minimum in the box, the press box, in the booth, watching this and telling him, hey, this is what's going on like that you can't see this cuz i feel like i feel like when you're an offensive play caller and you're also the head coach and you have to monitor every single thing on the field you're not watching the play that's going down you are thinking of the one and two other plays that follow that play and so i feel like there's just a lot of missed in game type of situational awareness instances where Steve Sarkeesian has struggled and they've happened at the worst time. I mean, I, I go back to the, I was talking to a longtime coach who has been a, a, a defensive coach, a head coach, everything you can think of an athletic director. At one point I was talking to him today after the game. And I had said, I was like, I feel like Steve Sarkeesian lacks situational awareness in games. And he pointed out that, the reality is it's so hard for head coaches to also be the, you know, the play callers on offense because they're thinking ahead. They're not really watching things that go down like on the field as they happen. And they're like, I, I brought up the, the Texas tech game, for instance, when Jordan Whittington late in the fourth quarter, he, he caught the ball in bounds. The ball was, you know, they, they called him out of bounds or something like that, but if you go back to the replay, he caught the ball in bounds and the call was he was out of bounds. 
He didn't bobble the ball after that. Yet Steve Sarkeesian throws the punt team on the field and there's 17 seconds on the play clock when the punt team actually punts the ball. And it's like that I feel like was a glimpse of what we were about to see at Oklahoma State because there's just so many instances where I feel like there's a rush to get like the next play in with Steve Sarkeesian as a play caller. And it happened at the end of the game, probably at the worst time, that last, you know, the dagger interception that Quinn Ewers did throw. The offense was finally moving. It was moving in the passing game. They were they were rolling. And there may be some people that will sit here and say that you should have, you know, made a quick play or play call or whatever, get the play call in and let him keep trying to roll. The reality is, Quinn Ewers has struggled all game long. Spike the ball. Like, why did they not spike the ball with no timeouts left when they're in striking zone? Give Quinn Ewers a time to, you know, think about the play that should be actually made. It wasn't necessarily a bad throw. I think that it was a catchable ball, but still, there was no rush there at the end of the game, yet it was rushed. Like, when when Texas went up to the, the line, I was like, oh, they're going to spike it takes some time. And then all of a sudden he takes a snap Quinn Ewers takes a snap. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, I guess I'm an arm, an armchair quarterback, whatever they call it, but still I'm sitting here like what, what on earth is happening right now? Because he struggled all game. Why are you rushing it? Why are you forcing it? Why are you pushing it? And it's almost like that is, that is what Steve Sarkeesian has become as a play caller, especially late in games, especially on the road. And when games are, you know, could either go one way or the other. And it just seems to always go the other way, Chip. And it's hard not to think that this is a problem from the top and not, you know, just a talent issue. And and I, I will say this, like, I feel like I was probably one of the only people or one of the few people that was very like, oh, Texas doesn't have the talent on the roster last season. All these losses, there is a reason, there is an excuse. You know, he's got to get his players in, all of these type of things. Now it's like, no, this starts at the head. This starts at the top of the food chain here at Texas. And the top of the food chain seems to push and seems to rush when things really start getting in a pressure situation. And it it's just, it's uh, it's hard to watch at times, honestly, because, you know, when things start rolling, it's like, let me find a way to stumble over my own feet and not, you know, spike the ball or give Quinn Ewers a chance to take a breather or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just like being like, you know, like emotional or whatever. I just thought like, I couldn't believe that was how the game end. And well, like, I can't believe it. There is a consistent pattern with mm-hmm. the offense falling off in these road games. And, you know, when Texas was at home last week against Iowa state and they had to run the ball, Sark stuck with it. He just kept running the football and, and his players came through for him. And the, the lack of persistence in running the football. And I get it. Oklahoma state is, is doing things to, to keep you from being able to run the football, but the counter play was working all night. And, um, you know, it, you got to find ways to, to run the football based on what you've done already in that game. You either have to 
you know, add a little wrinkle to it or play action off of it. It didn't seem like Sarkeesian was setting up plays in the second half. It seemed like he was going through his, his call sheet and, you know, looking at the Oklahoma state defense and thinking, well, we should be able to take advantage of that. They had three starters out mm -hmm. five starters total and a backup receiver out all due to injury. Uh, including the starting safety, starting defensive tackle, and a starting defensive end. Leading receiver, too. Leading receiver. And and yet Oklahoma State, you know, stayed with it, stayed with it, got more determined. Um, and it felt like Texas was kind of running the ball right into the hands of the Oklahoma State defense instead of, you know, a jet sweep here and there. I mean, if you can't, connect with worthy or if Quinn Ewers is off how about some different ways of getting the football to uh your playmakers with a flip pass jet sweep whatever it takes we haven't seen that in a minute um and you know with Oklahoma State they've they've it's the worst pass defense in the league and Texas made them look like they were Iowa State this week um right it's hard to explain what was going on with Quinn Ewers because as good as he looked against Alabama and Oklahoma, I thought he'd be able to to look at the Oklahoma State defense and tell what was going on. But Oklahoma State did what Iowa State did. They played that three high safety. Quinn Ewers clearly struggles with it. And guess what? Kansas State's up next. They play the three high safety. And as of right now, K-State's beating TCU and Fort Worth 28 to 17. And that's Texas's next opponent in Manhattan. So they've got to spend this off week making sure that Quinn Ewers is more comfortable with that, you know, that three, five, three, the three, eight cloud defense, because um, that defense invites you to run the football. You've got Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. You have to run the football. You have mm -hmm. to you have to find a way to run the football. You have to, you know, demand it of your of your players. You can't, you know, just go away from it on the road. I mean, you have to run the football to end these games. You're up 31-17 with, you know, four minutes, three minutes left. And you got to be able to run the football to to impose your will, demoralize teams shut up their crowd and get the ball in the hands of your best players, your, your best weapon. And I think that's, what's so frustrating. You saw Bijan Robinson, you know, grinding, doing everything he could on that 13 yard run. And then they go away from him. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I get it. Steve Sarkisian is looking for the home run ball through the air. And in this game, he had a counter play, actually two counter plays. I think, I think Bijan scored on a counter and I, and Roshan scored on a counter. Oklahoma went back to the counter last year against Texas over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, run it till they stop it. So it just, uh, it's frustrating because we expect the offense to be able to, to carry the load, especially against the big 12's worst pass defense. And that did not happen tonight. No. And, and it's, it's 
again, back to the situational in-game awareness, I feel like that's the biggest key from this game. It's like Quinn Ewers was not on his game. Xavier Worthy was not on his game. Say what you will about, obviously, there were a lot of balls that Quinn Ewers threw Xavier Worthy's way. Xavier Worthy doesn't make the extra effort to make plays. He's done that. We've talked about this, Chip, you and I, all season long. There have been way too many times for an All-American receiver to be on the field and the ball is just like a little above his head and it's like his arms are at his side. That's unacceptable. Like that, that is, that's poor effort. That is poor preparation. It's everything negative that you can think of for a player. That's not an all American caliber of play and he's not playing at that level. And so you have your number one receiver with struggling with your quarterback struggling. Oh, and you have the best run game in the country, running backs in the country, running back room, at least in the country who also can be threats in the passing game. And it was like, was Bijan Robinson on the field at the end of the game? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're was. not doing was everything he? you can. Mm-hmm. Have, I mean, you've got good receivers who can block. Uh, to like get Reggie Bush not being on the field uh, for USC in that 2005 National Championship game. Who was the offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – and that's – you know, I don't know if there's any correlation there, but I mean, you've got a you've got a scheme to get the ball into the hands of Bijan Robinson. The guy's an absolute gladiator, and he's the guy who can who can demoralize opposing defenses. And mm-hmm. so, um, to- and between him and Roshan Johnson, mind you, they had 200. What was it? Sorry, I'm not very good at math. I'm reading <laughs> 213 yards rushing between the two of them. Right. Right. And a lot of those came on the two big touchdown run or the two long runs in the game. But still, um, you got to keep handing the ball to Bijan Robinson because even if it goes for two yards or one yard or zero yards, he will pop that long run. And, and that's, that's the, you know, you, it just, I'm surprised because I thought, they would learn from the Texas tech game that you cannot go away from the run, no matter how good uh, you know, Texas tech has a good front as well. Oklahoma mm-hmm. state has a good front, but you've got to find a way. And I like the counter power stuff because you know, you're, you're, you get a lead blocker in that situation and Bijan does great with a lead blocker. You can run more gap power stuff and and not just the zone stuff. And, you know, I, it's, it's frustrating because now you've got two weeks uh, to, to sort of figure it all out, but you've probably cost yourself, um, you know, any real chance of getting into the big 12 race. And you, as DeMarvin Overshone said, after this game, we got to keep our heads from going into dark places now. Because for two weeks, Texas is going to hear about how they've blown any chance to get back into the Big 12 race. And we know how this team started to check out uh, when the losses started to pile up last year. And all we've heard this year is how the, uh, you know, the, the maturity, the poise, the, 
the lessons learned. It's a different team. We're more together. The culture, the culture, yeah. The culture. So, you know, it's fragile. It's fragile. And it, it if not for that, <laughs> not for that play by Anthony Cook last week, forcing the fumble, who knows how that Iowa State game finishes up in the red zone late in the game, or at least, um, you know, at the 28 with a chance to kick a field goal. Um, you know, it's, this is, this is the last thing that Texas needed in a loss was a carbon copy of how they lost the Texas tech game. Um, you know, Texas blocked a punt, recovered a muffed punt. And when you do those things, your odds of winning soar. Mm -hmm. And Texas led this game through the second, third quarter, well into the fourth quarter and couldn't gain an inch when it mattered and ends up getting shut out in the fourth quarter after a 31 point first half. Um, that's just astounding. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma state made great adjustments. Texas made really good adjustments on defense. Um, but no adjustments on offense, either that or Quinn Ewers, you know, maybe there was something wrong with his hand. And if that is the case, that's on Steve Sarkeesian. He's mm -hmm. got to get his backup quarterback in there to see if he can move the football when you're it's punt, 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 your defense is hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And then, you know, of all things, Deshaun Jameson, you know, has the guy in his hands on a slant for about seven yards and um you know bryson green i think it was wiggles loose and and jaron thompson doesn't finish the tackle oh my and gosh yeah his teammate has him hold that's every safety's dream is to come and clean that guy up and he we should get michael griffin on the podcast i think for our interview I guarantee you Anthony Cook would have cleaned that tackle up. And that's yeah. that, you know, that's a tough thing for Jaron Thompson. He I in the insider this past week, I wrote about um a team source saying that Jaron Thompson can sometimes ebb and flow with the way the game is going. His energy um can drop when things are not going well. And there was a perfect example of it. That's when you need to be hitting the hardest. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, green wiggles free and goes for a 41 yard touchdown ends up being the game winning points. Well, and also he did that consistent, like the OU game last year, chip. Right. I mean, I, right. I'm not going to say he's what Michael this year, he's played a lot, he better, has but, been. He, but he, those are going to be the ones that we're going to point to at the end of the season. Right. right. And that's, yeah. that's where it gets tough. Cause Look, everyone can make plays when you're winning. Everyone can make plays when you're at home. Um, you got to be the guy that turns it on the road. You got you got to be the guy that that makes the play. That and he had opportunities. He had a pass go right through his hands. You know, and that that's a pass breakup. That's great. But when it goes through your hands, man, you got to catch that. And and Texas had a couple of those situations. Jody Barron had a a pass go through his hands. Ryan Watts made a great interception, a, a huge interception in the end zone that killed a eight play drive, right. Um, you know, right there in the second quarter when Texas needed it. And, um, 
it uh, just a really disappointing performance from um, the Texas offense in the second in the second half, and and Steve Sarkeesian's got to get that figured out, and they got to get Quinn Ewers comfortable with looking at that three high safety look, so that when uh, Texas goes to Manhattan on November fifth, uh, they know what they're doing because that game. K-State has a more complete defense than Oklahoma State. Right. Uh, that'll be harder. That'll be a harder game. And you have another top-end running quarterback with a top-end running back. Oklahoma State doesn't even have a good running back. I mean, mm -hmm. Dominic Richardson, no offense, but he wasn't doing anything, and he really didn't do anything in this game except for a couple of goal-line touchdowns. So, um, you know, Texas – until they start winning on the road. And I said this last week, Taylor, until Texas starts winning in, in true road games, don't, don't talk about, you know, being in the big 12 title race or college football playoff chances. They're one in six in true road games under Steve Sarkeesian. They've lost five in a row. Um, that has to change. So yeah, it a hundred percent does, especially with, um, multiple road games still ahead for Texas. They have to next game at Kansas state that they have, there's a bye week in between it. That's the third, right? November 3rd. I think I don't have November the calendar. 5th? Is it the fifth? K state. Yeah. Whatever. The first <laughs> weekend in November, that's their first road game. They'll have a home game um, with TCU and then another road game against Kansas, which is definitely not a, um, a gimme game in any way, shape, or form. I mean, no road you game. Watch, no, not, nothing on Texas schedule in general is a gimme game. I mean, Texas is sitting here at five wins. There is no gimme games on the schedule. They have to find a way to win at least another one, at least one, because if they don't, then the calls for Steve Sarkeesian's job, let's be honest, are going to be at an all-time high. And I'm not saying I am advocating for that. I don't think either one of us would advocate for anything like that. I don't. I think it's too soon. Yeah, not. But at you this can't. Point. Yeah, but you can't have back-to-back non-bowl, you know, appearance seasons without that actually being something that comes to fruition, whether you agree with it or not. It's just the way that things go at Texas. So there's a lot that Texas has to figure out and iron out. This needs to, we said, I said this on our um, podcast leading up to the game before I thought Texas was going to lose. I said, this needs to be the best by week of preparation that Texas has ever had because what is on the schedule in November, not only is it a gauntlet stretch, I would say it's, a, a gauntlet stretch that nobody expected. I mean, let's be real. Like nobody expected TCU to be at the top of the conference right now. Nobody expected that Kansas State would have five wins, a better record than Baylor when they're facing Baylor on the road today. And I know they did lose that game, but still Texas still has to face Baylor. And the biggest test, in my opinion, is on the road at Kansas State, which is in two weeks from now. So this needs to be the best bye week of preparation. And there's so much that honestly, I'm not trying to like be like the, you know, the hot take type of person or anything like that. But there's a lot that that is on the line, honestly, from both um, the players, but more importantly, for Steve Sarkeesian and the staff. And we know how quick Texas has been to fire coaches. 
And if Texas. They'll, they'll let Sarkeesian make some changes if he needs to, you know, that's fine. But he has three years then, right? Well, I'm not going to get into Steve Sarkeesian's job security tonight. I know, but I am saying though, he has to win. He has to make a bowl game to shut these conversations down. Right. I mean, he needs to show progress. Yes. And if he wants to keep Arch Manning, if he wants to keep all the negativity away from the program and maintain the momentum that he's built, he's got to, he's got to finish strong and he's got to, I said, eight wins in Arch Manning um, would be a successful season. He, he's got to find three more wins on on the schedule for that. There are. Yeah. I mean, you got to win your home games. You got to beat TCU and Baylor at home. And I, I thought they could split or I, I said they needed to go two and one in this stretch against Oklahoma state, K state and TCU. Now they got to win against K state and TCU to, you know, and hope and get help if, if they want to try and backdoor their way in to the big 12 title game. But after tonight and the trend of not being able to, you know, finish games, not being able to run the football to finish games. When you ran the football for over 200 yards tonight and over, you know, over five yards per carry. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's not a matter of not being able to run the football. It's getting away from running the football. And that falls on Steve Sarkeesian because the run game Sure, there were some negative plays. There were some, you know, one, two, three yard plays. But with the running back room that Texas has, it's going to shape out that way. And then they're going to break off for a big gain because there's the talent there. It's Steve Sarkeesian not relying on the run game when he needed to. And the quarterback obviously was struggling. Like, why? It's just, it's a head scratcher. And at the end of the day, the only consistent thing is Steve Sarkeesian's play calling in these games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are times where you need to have a running quarterback on the field or you need to surprise the defense with, I mean, Quinn Ewers showed on the 33 yard run that ended up getting called back. The guy can move. Yeah. Um, but a holding call brings it back and, um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't want to run the quarterback at a time where, you know, a lot of college football uh, outside of Alabama runs the quarterback. Texas won a national championship with an an elite runner at quarterback. Um, You know, a lot of coaches say they'll never run an offense without a quarterback who's a threat to run because it just causes too many problems for the defense as Texas learned again uh, with Spencer Sanders. So, uh, this is, this is a tough one. And if it was back and forth the whole way, and it was a consistently well-played game, that'd be one thing, but Texas was up 31, 17, had great special teams play, not good. Great. Great. Blocked a punt, recovered a muffed punt, two punts inside the 10, uh, two, two big punt returns. Um, you know, that's great special teams play. It's the second straight game. Texas has blocked a punt and, and then the defense makes adjustments plays really well 
in the third quarter and allows you to regroup, allows you to find your footing as an offense, and you don't do it with Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, Jordan Whittington, um, you know, and Steve Sarkisian's got to look in the mirror and figure it out with Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, and and he's got to figure it out fast because, um, you know, this show has to go on the road. It can't just be a hometown home game thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you have half the house and all the players amped out of their minds to play against Oklahoma, you've got to hold up when the other team slapping paddles, you know, till your ears bleed and you got to have players who can turn it. Bijan Robinson can turn it. He was trying to turn it. Um, I don't know what's going on with Xavier worthy. It's frustrating. He doesn't, doesn't fight for the ball. He's not a big contested catch guy, but he runs it's like great a solar route. eclipse, like hits the sun every time that the ball is in the air and he like loses sight of where he is. It's weird. Yeah. Contested weird. catches. He's terrible at it this season. And meanwhile, Jatavian Sanders makes one contested catch after another. Um, and just amazing that it would go off his hands to end the game uh, with yours third interception. Yeah. All right. It was a. It was a tough one, folks. We're not telling you anything you don't know if you're a Texas fan. Um, and Steve Sarkeesian has a lot to figure out because his team is better than uh, than what it showed. His offense, yeah. he has more offensive firepower than three points in the second half against the Big 12's worst pass defense. And uh, he's got to look in the mirror and get that figured out and figure it out fast because K-State is next. And uh, uh, we will have a preview. Hold on, Chip, real quick. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Real quick, I want to make sure that it's known. Like, I am not saying when I was talking about Steve Sarkeesian's job, I'm not saying that I think he should be on the hot seat or anything like that. If there is a losing season or anything along those lines, I just know how Texas has been with coaches. And so I just want to make it very clear. I'm not trying to say he, you know, we're talking about his job security, anything like that. That is not the case. I just know how quick Texas has been to replace head coaches, whether it's right or wrong. So that was all I was saying was like two, two losing seasons. You don't want it to snowball. No, exactly. Two losing seasons at Texas is like, oh gosh, here we go. You know right. what I mean? So right. I, I just State, want to make that clear. Yeah. Oklahoma State's the number 11 ranked team in the country at this moment. Mm-hmm. And and so Texas somehow was favored to win this game, <laughs> even though they're the 20th ranked team and had lost four straight true road games. Didn't understand that. But yeah, no, I, I think... Um, you know, you were talking about, you don't want it to snowball. You don't want mm-hmm. one loss to lead to another. Like we saw last, last year mm-hmm. and Texas has got to, you know, when you lose a game that you're leading 31, 17 late in the third quarter, like you did against Texas tech, then you need to go win a game. You're not expected to win. And Texas will have that opportunity on November 5th at Kansas state, which is now in a, dogfight with TCU. Uh, It's a four-point game as we wrap up (laughs) the flagship podcast recapping Texas's 41-34 loss at Oklahoma State. Um, We will 
of course, be uh, be back next week. We will not. I don't know what we're doing for Monday, uh, actually, with no opponent. But we will. Michael uh, Griffin. Michael Griffin. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> we may need to try to get him on. All right. For Taylor Estes, <laughs> I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to our recap of, uh, of the Texas-Oklahoma State game. Uh, until next time, we'll see you at horns247.com. Until then, stay safe and keep the faith. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.